thank thank God we bless you and we magnify you because you are the one and only God, the true God, the God of wisdom, the God of understanding. You are the chief cornerstone that was rejected by your own, but you stood fast and you died for our sins that we might have the right to the tree of life. And we thank you, God. And we forever will give your name the praise. Amen. Thank God. We magnify you. Thank God for this service. Words of Deliverance Christian Center. This is Sunday. February the 14th, the mid-month of February. And you can hear me on different platforms, Breaker Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Pocket Casts, RadioPublic.com, and also you can hear me on Spotify. And we thank God for giving us the opportunity to spread his word. To open up the understanding of his people through his vessels. And we thank you for that, God. Because you are the only true God. My name is Apostle A.D. Jackson. Words of Deliverance Christian Center. And we are going into a service that I believe that we all need to know and understand in our situations, and not only in our situations, but to be guided by the Holy Spirit. And Father, we thank you. We magnify you. Let this message go forth with power and understanding. Let this message go forth with your word and break every yoke destroy every yoke God through your anointing let your anointing flow let revelation knowledge be the king of your wisdom because your wisdom is king and because you are our king of kings you are our lord of lords you are our God of God's God. And we thank you and we magnify you and we pray that the yokes be broken and destroyed because of the anointing. Proverbs, the first chapter, starting at the first verse through the seventh verse and we're going to talk about some things that we need to know and understand. I'm going to read Proverbs in the Amplified Bible and it reads the Proverbs truths obscurely expressed 
This is the first verse. Maxims of Solomon, son of David, king of Israel, to know skillful and godly wisdom and instruction to discern and comprehend the words of understanding and sight to receive instruction in wise behavior and the discipline of wise thoughtfulness, righteousness, justice, and integrity that prudence, good judgment, astute common sense may be given to the naive or inexperienced who are easily misled. Can I read that fourth verse again? That prudent, Prudence, good judgment, astute common sense may be given to the knave or inexperienced who are easily misled. And knowledge and discretion, intelligence, discernment to the youth. The wise will hear and increase their learning. And the person of understanding will acquire wise counsel and skill to steer his course, course wisely and lead others to truth. To understand a proverb and a figure of speech or an enigma with its, with its interpretation and the words of the wise and their riddles that require reflection. Seventh verse, the reverent fear of the Lord, that is, worshiping him and regarding him as truly awesome, is the beginning of the preeminent part of knowledge, its starting point and its essence. But arrogant fools despise, but arrogant fools despise skillful and godly wisdom and instruction and self-discipline. And my text for today is wisdom over experience. If you read the latter part of that seventh verse, knowledge is starting point of its essence. And listen at this, but arrogant fools despise skillful and godly wisdom and instruction and self-discipline. And he talks about the inexperience. So wisdom over experience is damage control. When you have wisdom, you can control your surroundings. And when I say wisdom, I'm talking about the wisdom of God. I'm talking about the word of God. Wisdom over experience prevents being damaged or hurt or influenced by the fiery dots of the wicked, by temptation, if you have wisdom. Wisdom over experience, damage control. Wisdom is the principal thing. The word of God is the wisdom of God. And in the King James Version, the Proverbs of Solomon, the son of David, king of Israel, to know wisdom and instruction. 
to perceive the words of understanding, to receive the instruction of wisdom, justice, and judgment, and equity, to give subtle to the simple, to the young man, knowledge and discretion. A wise man will hear and will increase learning. A man of understanding shall attain unto wise counsel. To understand a proverb and the interpretation, the word of the wise and their dark sayings. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. But fools despise wisdom, instruction. Why? Because they don't want to hear it. Now, the fool, but fools despise, wis despise wisdom and instruction, which will take you into a silent experience. Can I say that again? But fools despise wisdom and instruction, which will take you into a silent experience. Wisdom speaks, but experience is silent. Wisdom speaks and, and experience is silent. So when you're going through a situation, wisdom speaks and it can prevent you from going further in that situation or that harm or that damage that's going to cause harm to you, but experience will keep silent and won't tell you anything and allow you to go through this experience. Why? Because experience is silence. Experience cannot tell you anything until after you come out of that experience and then here comes wisdom. But wisdom speaks to prevent you from going in to certain experiences in your life if you take hold and heed to the word of God. If you listen and let wisdom speak, then it can prevent you from going through certain experiences. Why? Because experience does not speak. Experience is silent. John, John, James, first chapter, one through five, James, a servant of God and the Lord Jesus Christ, to the 12 tribes which are scattered abroad. Abroad, greeting. My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations, knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience. But let patience have her perfect work, that ye may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. If any of you lack wisdom, if any of you, if any of you lack wisdom, the fifth verse, if any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God that giveth to all men liberally and upbraideth not, and it shall be given him. Can I read that key verse again? The fifth verse of James, the first chapter. But let patience, the, the, fifth, the fifth verse, if any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God that giveth to all, not some, all men liberally. In other words, 
freely and upbraid him not. In other words, wisdom does not hold back any information that you need when you fall into diverse temptations. If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God that giveth him to all men freely and upbraideth not, and it shall be given him. Just paint that in your spirit, in your minds, picture that, and let that capture into your subconscious mind that if any of you lack wisdom, all you have to do is ask. And it will be given to you freely. In other words, God is not going to hold back any information to you that is for you. Wisdom speaks. Experience is silent. Wisdom speaks. Experience is silent. So it is wisdom that is over. Experience, in other words, wisdom is the king over experience. Why? Because wisdom is a preventive measure of certain experiences or circumstances that tries to come into your life. In the Amplified, James, write these scriptures down. James, the first chapter, starting at the first verse. And this information is great to have because some people say that experience is the best teacher. No, the wisdom of God is the best teacher because the wisdom of God speaks to you in order for you not to fall into diverse temptations. If you lack wisdom, just ask God. Lord, teach me or speak to me, God, to me about this situation that I am in that I may get out safely. Amen. That's James, first chapter, first verse. In the Amplified, James, a bond servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ. To the twelve Hebrew tribes scattered abroad among the Gentiles. Now they've been scattered abroad among the Gentiles. In the dispersion, greetings, rejoice. Consider it not but joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you fall into various trials. Listen, consider it nothing but joy, my brethren's, my brothers and sisters, whenever you fall into various trials. Be assured that the testing of your faith through experience produces endurance, leading to spiritual maturity and inner peace. And let endurance have its perfect result and do a thorough work so that you may be perfect and completely developed in your faith, lacking nothing. The fifth verse, if any of you lacks wisdom to guide him through a decision or circumstance, he is to ask of our benevolent God who gives to everyone generously 
and without rebuke or blame, and it will be given to him, but he must ask for wisdom. That's the sixth verse. But he must ask for wisdom and faith without doubting, without being dubious. God's willingness to help for the one who doubts is like a billowing surge of the sea that is blown about and tossed by the wind to and fro. So ask. In other words, God is not going to judge you. He's going to help you in your situation. Now you notice in the Amplified, it talks about experience. Be assured that the testing of your faith through experience produces endurance leading to spiritual maturity and inner peace. Now you've been through before and you know God can bring you out. And that's when wisdom comes in to help you and guide you. And the experiences that you do go through with, it strengthens you. It's leading you to spiritual maturity. Why? Because you went through it. But wisdom also can speak and prevent you from going through certain experiences. So wisdom over experiences are the key to this life. What is wisdom? God's word. What is God's word? Guidance. We need guidance. Psalms 111, the 10th verse, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. A good understanding have all they that do his commandments. His praise endureth forever. And when they say do his commandments, in other words, listen to what wisdom is saying to you to prevent you from going through unnecessary things or unnecessary situations or unnecessary mishaps in your life. Why do you think people go to school to get wisdom of that particular major that they're trying to learn of. And the more they learn of that major, the more they can prevent themselves from mishaps or unwanted experiences because why? They studied law. Because why? They studied to become a doctor. So they have to learn the wisdom of a doctor to become a doctor. We have to learn the wisdom of God to become men and women of God. Proverbs, first chapter again, 17th verse. Surely in vain the net is spread in the sight of any bird. And they lay wait for their own blood. They lurk privately from their own lives. So are the ways of everyone that is greedy of gain, which take away the life of the owners thereof. Wisdom care crieth out. Wisdom crieth without. She utter her voice in the streets. She crieth in the chief places on 
of on a cross. In the openings of the gates, in the city she uttered her words, saying, How long, ye simple ones, will you love simplicity? And the scorners delight in their scorning, and fools hate knowledge. Now, the Bible is calling you a fool if you hate knowledge. And the scorner delight in their scorning, and fools hate knowledge. How long, how long, ye simple ones, will ye love simplicity? And the scorners delight in their scorning, and fools hate knowledge. Why would you want to not have wisdom? Why would you hate knowledge when knowledge is good for you? Experience can sometimes be pitfalls of immoralities of experiences. Some people cannot make it out of some experiences that they go through. Some may lose their mind. Some may be emotionally distraught because of the experience and it's hard for them to bounce back because their emotions has been torn through that particular experience. Genesis, the 30th chapter, but I do want to read the 17th verse in Proverbs. Just to give you an enlightenment on wisdom, which we all must have. 17th verse. And it reads, Indeed, it is useless to spread the bait net and the sight any bird of any bird. But when these people set a trap for others, they lie in wait for their own blood. So you're reaping what you have sown. They lie in wait for their own blood. They set an ambush for their own lives and rush to their destruction. So are the ways of everyone who is greedy for gain. Greed takes away the lives of its possessors. Wisdom warns, starting at the 20th verse. Wisdom warns. Wisdom shouts in the street. What did I say earlier? Wisdom speaks and experience is silent. The 20th verse, wisdom shouts in the street. Wisdom is speaking. She raises her voice in the markets. She calls out at the head of the noisy street streets where large crowds gather. At the entrance of the city gate, at the entrance of the city gates, she speaks her words. This is wisdom that speaks her words. And here are the words. How long, O naive ones, you who are easily misled, will you love being simple-minded and undiscerning? Can I read that 
22nd verse again in the Amplified. How long, O knaves, ones, you who are easily misled when you love being simple-minded and undiscerning? How long will scoffers who ridicule and deride delight in scoffing? How long will fools who abstainly mock truth and hate knowledge? In other words, like Solomon was saying in Proverbs, in that first verse, through the seventh verse, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction, which will take you into a silent experience. Genesis, the 30th chapter, 21st verse, and it came to pass when Rachel had born Joseph, that Jacob said unto Levin, send me away that I may go unto my own place and to my country. Give me my wives and my children for whom I have served thee and let me go. Now this is Jacob was ready to leave his father-in-law and steal for his own. In other words, he wanted to start his own business or create an atmosphere for he, his wives, and his children. And it came to pass when Rachel had born Joseph that Jacob said unto Laban, Laban the son, the father-in-law, send me away that I may go unto my own place. I want to have my own thing. I want to start my own business. I want to get my own thing going into my country and give me my wives and my children for whom I have served thee. And let me go, for thou knowest my service, which I have done thee. And Laban said unto him, this is the key verse. Listen to what Laban said to Jacob. And Laban said unto him, I pray thee, if I have found favor in thy eyes, tarry, wait. For I have learned by experience that the Lord have blessed me for thy sake. Can I read that again? The 27th verse. And Laban said unto him, I pray thee, if I have found favor in thine eyes, tarry, for I have learned by experience that the Lord have blessed me for your sake. Now, Laban learned by experience. But experience was silent down through the years when Jacob was working for Laban and Laban was unaware that the reason why he was being blessed because Jacob was a man of God. Jacob is one of the three 
Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, which is Israel. And the only reason why Laban was blessed because Jacob was in the midst. And he recognized that after Jacob wanted to leave him and start his own business. So Laban said unto him, I pray thee, if I have found favor in thine eyes, Terry, wait, just, just stay a little while longer. For I have learned, I have learned through experience that the Lord have blessed me for thy sake. All of these years, experience was silent to Laban until Jacob decided that he wanted to leave. So a light of wisdom opened up Laban's understanding and gave him a discerning that if it wasn't for Jacob, you wouldn't have been blessed because you was with the man of God and God blessed Jacob and the blessings of Jacob trickled or fell over out of the cup and began to bless Laban. Can I get somebody to say amen? So when you're around somebody that's blessed, guess what's going to happen? You're going to be blessed. If you're around someone that's cursed or doesn't have the favor of God, guess what's going to happen? Nothing. But you're around God-fearing people that has God. Special song I want you to hear. Amen.
because he wanted to start his own way of doing things with his wives and his children. And Laban asked him to tarry, to wait. Why? Because God was blessing Laban. But Laban took advantage of that. And he, in other words, he was using, or how can I put this? Some people ride off other people's anointing. Some people is around you because you are blessed, and they figured that since they're around you, they're going to be blessed also. And the thing is, you have some people that use you because you are blessed. So I'm not saying Laban was doing that. Laban was doing that. But who knows? And he asked him to tarry, to wait there for a little while. Tarry, because I've learned by experience that the Lord have blessed me for thy sake. And the experience was silent until Jacob decided to leave. And then wisdom spoke through to Laban about the blessings. And Laban didn't want Jacob to leave because why? Jacob was a blessing to Laban. Proverbs, fifth chapter, but we want to read Proverbs, Genesis, I'm sorry, we want to read Genesis in the Amplified, 30th chapter, and see what it says about Laban and Jacob. The 30th chapter of Genesis. Starting at the 25th verse. Thirtieth chapter, twenty-five through twenty-seven. Genesis thirty, twenty-five through twenty-seven. Joseph, Jacob said to Laban, send me away that I may go back to my own place and to my own country. Give me my wives and my children for whom I have served you and let me go for you know the work which I have done for you. But Laban said to him, if I have found favor in your sight, stay with me for I have learned jumping around for some reason. Give me my wives and my children for whom I have served you and let me go for you know the work which I have done for you. But Laban 
said to him, If I have found favor in your sight, stay with me, for I have learned from the omens in divination and by experience. The omens in divination and by experience that the Lord have blessed me because of you. And Laban said unto Jacob, Name your wages, and I will give it to you. Jacob answered him, You know how I have served you, and how your possessions, your cattle and sheep and goats, have fared with me. For you had little before I came, and it has increased and multiplied abundantly. And the Lord has favored you with blessings wherever I turn. But now, when shall I provide for my own household? Laban asked, what should I give you? Jacob replied, you shall not give me anything, but you will do this one thing for me, which I now purpose, which I now purpose, I will again pastor and keep your flock. Let me pass through your entire flock today, removing from it every speckled and spotted sheep and every dark or black one among the lambs and the spotted and speckled among the goats. And those shall be my wages. See, you listen to what Jacob, J Jacob is taking the bad cattle with him. This is why God has blessed Jacob so much. Now, I'm, a, I'm reminded of a situation with Abraham and Lot. Lot wanted to separate from Abraham. He wanted his land, and he wanted Abraham to have his land. Abraham did the same thing with the concept of what Jacob just did, Abraham told Lot to pick whatever land he wanted and the rest leave to me. Listen at this. That's why Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob were so blessed. Listen what Abraham did to Lot. He gave Lot first choice. And Lot finished his choice because Lot thought he had the best part of the land. And as soon as Lot completed his choices, guess what God said to Abraham? He told Abraham to look to the north, look to the south, look to the east, look to the west. And as far as your eyes can see, those are your lands. You can possess. You can possess it. Now, here's the thing. Lot just got a sprinkle of land from Abraham. And after Lot chose the land that he wanted, God came to Abraham and told him, in other words, he has unlimited possession of land as far as he can see. Now, what am I saying? Listen to what Jacob said. Jacob said, I will take the spotted goat 
the spotted sheep. In other words, I, I will take the bad cattle, the bad cattle, and take it with me, and I can start my own business with the bad cattle, and you keep the good cattle. I know that's hard to do with, with some of us that wants to uh, have certain things, but if you listen to what wisdom did, wisdom was there all alone through Jacob, but Laban couldn't see it until after Jacob decided that he wanted to leave and go back to his own country. And then during that season and the times that Jacob was with his father-in-law and his wives and his, and his children, experience was cited. Why was experience cited? Because experience is selfish. Experience do not want to tell you anything. Experience wants to be silent until you come out or you may not even make it out of that particular experience. But wisdom, wisdom can prevent you if you go back to what Solomon was saying in Proverbs. Anybody that hates knowledge is a fool. So wisdom over experience is damage control. Proverbs, fifth chapter, one through four, in the Amplified, and it says, my son, be attentive to my wisdom, godly wisdom learned by costly experience. Incline your ear to my understanding that you may exercise discrimination and discretion, in other words, good judgment, and your lips may reserve knowledge and answer wisely to temptation. The lips of an immoral woman drip honey like a honeycomb, and her speech is smoother than oil. But in the end, she is bitter like the asterisk of warm wood, sharp as a two-edged sword. In other words, she's cunning and she is crafted with craftedness. But if you have discrimination and, dis and discretion, discretion, in other words, if you have good judgment and your lips may reserve knowledge and understanding wisely to temptation. In other words, be aware. Have the spirit of discernment. Now, when the enemy comes to you and you don't have the spirit of discernment, or the acute judgment, which is keen discernment, because Jesus had the acute judgment. That's why he was called the acute judgment of Christ, the keen discernment of Christ. And he discerns and he knew what was going on in his surrounding because of his discernment. When he went to the lady at the well, he had keen discernment. He told her, to go to her husband's, her husband. And she said that she don't have a husband. And Jesus said, I know. Because all the ones that you had was not yours. In other words, Jesus had discernment. So wisdom is discernment. 
and not only that it's discernment, it can give you good judgment in your situation when Solomon had two women that bore a child and one of them died. And the one that died was the mom that wanted to take the other child as her own. And Solomon, in his wisdom, said, let's just cut the baby in half. You take one half, and she take one half. But the real mom cried and told Solomon to let her keep the child. Because if you cut the baby in half, what happens? The baby is no longer alive. So she cried and said, give her the baby. And when she said, give her the baby, Solomon gave the baby to the lady that was crying because she knew that that was her baby. She rather that her baby stay alive than to lose it because of a argument. So the wisdom of Solomon knew who the mom was because he used the spirit of discernment and judgment. Wisdom over experience. Amen. And that is what I pray for every day is to have wisdom over experience. God guide me, keep me, help me to understand, give me a mind to know, to prevent certain things in my life. Deuteronomy, the eighth chapter, starting at the first verse, every commandment that I am commanding you today, you shall be careful to do so that you may live and multiply. Let me read that again. Every commandment that I am commanding you today, you shall be careful to do so that ye may live and multiply. In other words, have long life and multiply by having more children. And go in and possess the land which the Lord swore to give to your fathers. And ye shall remember always all the ways which the Lord your God has led you these 40 years. <coughs> Talking about the Israelites that was in the wilderness for 40 years in the wilderness so that he might humble you and test you to know that, to know what was in your heart, mind, whether you would keep his commandments or not. He humbled you and allowed you to be hungry and fed you with manna, a substance which you did not know. In other words, they didn't have knowledge of, nor did your fathers know, so that he might make you understand by personal experience that man does not live by bread alone. Now, if you go back to when Jesus was being tempted when the Holy Spirit took him up to be tempted of the devil, this is what Jesus said to the devil. That man does not live by bread alone, but man lives by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of the Lord. And the devil told Jesus, since you're hungry, why don't you command these stones to become bread. 
Now, Jesus was quoting Deuteronomy, the eighth chapter. He humbled you and allowed you to be hungry and fed you with manna, a substance which you did not know, nor did your fathers know, so that he might make you understand by personal experience. Listen, what Jesus said to the enemy, that man does not live by bread alone, but man lives by every word or every wisdom that proceeds out of the mouth of the Lord. Your clothing did not wear out on you, nor did your feet swell these 40 years. Therefore, know in your heart, be fully cognizant that the Lord your God disciplines and instructs you just as a man disciplines and instructs his son. In other words, give his son wisdom. Wisdom is discipline. Wisdom gives you an insight of whatever situation the enemy is trying to throw at you and you discern it by way of God's word and not by way of God's word, but also by the way of discernment. So you can discipline yourself when, when temptation comes. Here's the thing. The enemy sends a lot of thoughts through your mind, which are thoughts of temptations. And if he can tempt you, then he can have you. See, he, here's the thing. It's not the temptation that he wants you to take heed to. It's what he wants you after the temptation. If you take heed to that temptation, then after that temptation comes what? Condemnation. Rather than conviction. And then if he can get you to condemn yourself to make you feel like that you're not a man or a woman of God or a child of God, then he has captured you through temptation and then you begin to continue in those other temptations. So that's why the Bible says, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God. In other words, put on God's wisdom. Let him guide you. Let him prepare you. Amen. My son, do not reject or take lightly the discipline of the Lord. This is uh, Proverbs, the third chapter, uh, starting at the 11th verse. And it reads, and I'm closing, My son, do not reject or take lightly the discipline of the Lord. Learn from your mistakes and the testings, the testings, the testing that <clears throat> comes from his correction through discipline. Nor despise his rebuke. For those whom the Lord loves, he corrects. Even as a father corrects the son in whom he delights. Happy, blessed, considered, fortunate to be admired is the man who finds skillful and godly wisdom. And the man who gains understanding and insight, learning from God's word, 
and life's experiences. For wisdom, profit is better than the profit of silver, and her gain is better than fine gold. She is more precious than rubies, and nothing you can wish for compares with her in values, in value. Long life is in her right hand, and her left hand are riches and honor. Her ways are highways of pleasantness and favor, and all her paths are peace. When you have wisdom, you have peace. Why? Because you know without a shadow of a doubt that you have discernment, and you know that wisdom is going to guide you into sacred and safe places. She is tree, she is a tree of life to those who take hold of her. And happy, blessed, considered, fortunate to be admired is everyone who holds her tightly. Grip her. Grip wisdom. Grip it. Grip it. Hold it tightly. The Lord, by his wisdom, has founded the earth. When Jesus said, let there be light, that was wisdom. By his understanding, he has established the heavens. The heavens and the earth, in the beginning, God created the heavens and earth through what? Through his wisdom. My son, let them not escape from your sight, but keep sound wisdom and discretion, and they will be life to your soul your inner self, and a gracious adornment to your neck, your outer self. Then you will walk on your way of life securely, and your foot will not stumble. Wisdom over experience. You want to seek God. You want to be with higher heights and deeper depths. In other words, you want to know the height of God and the deepness of God. Ephesians 3, 18-21 may be able to comprehend with all saints, which is the breadth and the length and depth and height, and to know the love of Christ, which passeth knowledge, that ye might be filled with all the fullness of God. Now, unto him that is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we shall ask or think according to the power that worketh in us, unto him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus throughout all ages, world without end. Amen. Now, that's like a benediction most preachers and pastors say at the end of the service. The Spirit of God is stirring our soul and awakening our hearts to seek deeper depths and higher heights. This is the time for us to go all out for Christ and the kingdom of God. We don't hold back. We surrender ourselves completely to control and guidance of the Holy Spirit. The statement is so true 
Deep is calling to deep. If you read Psalms 42 and 7. When I am in trouble, Psalms 61, 1 through 4, hear me cry, hear my cry, O God, attend unto my prayer. From the end of the earth will I cry unto thee. When my heart is overwhelmed, lead me to the rock that is higher than I. For thy highs, for thou hast been a shelter for me, a strong tower for the, from the enemy. I will abide in thy tabernacle forever. Forever I will trust in the covert of thy wings. Selah, we are commanded to grow in grace and knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ, which commits us to develop spiritually from a basic to a more advanced knowledge of God and his word, which is the wisdom of God. So listen to wisdom. Why? Because wisdom speaks before experience. It speaks before experience. Experience is silent, but wisdom speaks before experience because when wisdom speaks, that's damage control. But if you don't listen to wisdom, then you are a fool because you hate knowledge. And there comes the pitfalls. So, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction, which will take you into a silent experience. Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you for your word. Thank you for wisdom. Guide us, God, in our situations that we might not fall into diverse temptations. All we need to do is ask of you for wisdom and you will freely give it to us so we ask you right now God to give us wisdom and discretion and good judgment when we see situations tries to creep into our lives unaware give us discernment that we may see and that we may understand the situation and that we may prevent the unwanted experiences that attacks us. We thank you and we magnify you in Jesus' name, God. We pray and we forever give your name the praise, the glory, and the honor. In Jesus' name, God, we love you and we magnify you because you are the author and the finisher of our faith, God. And we thank you. And we bless you. Amen.
this Sunday. Thank God for being here. Thank God for going live. Thank God for just being who he is. And he is an awesome God. God is real. God is always on your side. God is there when you think he's not there. When it's a season of a desert, Jesus is still there. All you have to do is open up your ears and your eyes and you can still see the move of God even though the enemy helps you to think that God is not moving on your behalf. But God is there. He said he would never leave you nor will he forsake you. So there is no wilderness experience with Jesus because he's in the wilderness with you. And all you have to do is be still and know that he is your God. God is real at all times. And we thank God for that song about Anthony Hall, Miracle. Amen. Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you for this word that is about to go forth. We thank you for your power. We thank you for your spirit. Because it's not by power, nor by might, but it's by my spirit, said the Lord. So we thank God for the Holy Spirit. Thank God for the comforter that he left to take care of us because we need the comforter. There are many spirits out here that says that they are spirit guides. There is only one spirit guide, and that is the Holy Spirit that guides you into all truth. So what I'm saying is that people are making money of saying that they are a spirit guide, but they are not guiding you into the truth or into the holy word of God. They're guiding you to what you want to hear. They're guiding you to what your money is paying for. So God is the only almighty spiritual being that is a guide for us because he said in his word before he left, he told his disciples, Terry, because I will send you a comforter when I leave this earth. In other words, I will be here in spirit and not in flesh, but I will be here in spirit to take care of you and to be your comforter until the end of time. Thank God for his word because the Holy Spirit brings the word back to our remembrance. We thank God for that, Father. Protect us in every area of our life because we are healthy we are wealthy and we are wise to fear you and not only to fear you but to have wisdom of you and from you because you gave us a mouth and wisdom and we thank you for that. Thank you for revelation knowledge that your people may be blessed, unhindered, unchecked by any outside force that would try and stop a delay on anything that's in your life.
life that God has a purpose for. We curse the spirit of delay right now in Jesus' name. Amen. Scripture text for today is Genesis, the 32nd chapter, starting at the 10th verse. And it reads, I am not worthy of the least of all the mercies and of all the truth which thou hast showed me, showed unto thy servant. For with my staff I pass over to Jordan, pass over this Jordan. And now I am become two bands. Deliver me, I pray thee, from the hand of my brother, from the hand of Esau, for I fear him, lest he will come and smite me. And the mother with the children, and thou saith, I will surely do thee good, and make thy seed as the sand of the sea, which cannot be numbered for multitude. And he lodged there that same night, and took of that which came to his hand a present from Esau, his brother, 200 she-goats and 20, 200 she-goats and 20 he-goats, 200 ewes and 20 rams, 30 milch camels with their coats, 40 kinds and 10 bulls, 20 she asses and ten falls, and he delivered them into the hand of his servants. Every drove by themselves, and said unto his servant, Pass over before me, and put a space betwixt drove and drove. In other words, between drove and drove. And he commanded the foremost, saying, when Esau, my brother, meeteth thee, and asked thee, saying, Whose art thou, and whether goest thou, and whose are these before thee? Then thou shalt say, They be thy servant Jacob's. It is a present sent unto my lord Esau. And behold, also he is behind us. And so commanded he the second and the third and all of that followed the droves, saying, On this matter shall we shall ye speak unto Esau when ye find him. And say ye moreover, Behold, thy servant Jacob is behind us. For he said, I will appease him with the present that goeth before me, and afterwards I will see his face pre-adventure. He will accept of me. So went the present over before him, and himself lodged that night in the company. And he rose up that night and took his two wives and his two women servants and his eleven sons, because Benjamin wasn't born yet, and passed over the fort Jephthah. And he took them and sent them over the brook and sent over that he had. And Jacob was left alone. 
is the key verse of this passage of scripture. The 24th verse. And Jacob was left alone and there wrestled a man with him until the breaking of day. And when he saw that, the, that he prevailed not against him, he touched the hollow of his thigh and the hollow of Jacob's thigh was out of joint. Pulled his thigh out of joint when he touched it. As he wrestled with him, he wanted to cripple Jacob so he can lose his strength on his stronghold with the wrestle of the man. And he wrestled with him and he said, let me go for the day breaketh. And he said, I will not let thee go except thou bless me. And he said unto him, what is thy name? Another key verse. What is your name? And he said unto him, what is thy name? And he said, Jacob. And he said, thy name shall be called no more Jacob, but Israel. For as a prince has thou power with God and with man, and hath prevailed. prevailed. And Jacob asked him and said, tell me, I pray thee, thy name. And he said, Wherefore is it that thou dost ask after my name? And he blessed him there. And Jacob called the name of the place Penel, for I have seen God face to face, and my life is preserved. Somebody say, I am. Israel. I am Israel. Because why? Because God is real. I am Israel because God is real. The reason why that I am Israel because God is real in my life. I am Israel because God is real. God is no phantom. God is not the figment of your imagination. God is real. So if you read from verse 24, that's chapter 32, to verse 30 is the experience that Jacob had when he wrestled with the man, and the man blessed him and changed his name from Jacob to Israel. Now Jacob got 12 tribes in other words 12 sons and they were called the 12 tribes of Israel now God is good because God has started that covenant from his pop pop his pop pop by the name of Abraham we want to talk about Abraham Abraham was born and raised in a paganistic society and Abraham was minding his own business and God spoke to him and taught him how to serve him and also 
gave him an ability to be guided by God. Abraham began to speak with God. God told him to get rid of the idols because that was a pagan worship uh, situation that he was in. So God first spoke to his spirit and brought him in to serve him rather than the paganistic gods. So Abraham obeyed. He got rid of all his idols, idol worshipers, idol worship, his whatnots, the things that people have in their house now, they call them whatnots or uh, figurines or whatever you want to call it. But Abraham got rid of those and he began to have a relationship with God. And God told Abraham, pop, pop, to get thee out of thy country, away from our kindred. In other words, get away from your kinfolk because they are still worshiping the spirit of a paganistic God. God spoke to Abraham. Abraham left. Abraham took his nephew Lot with him and he decided to serve God. Abraham was a servant and God became real in Abraham's life when he spoke to his spirit and told him to get thee out of thy country and he would show him a land that would be great for him other than where he was with the pagan society. So Abraham and God had a covenant and God made a covenant with Abraham and told Abraham that he would be a father of many nations and that his covenant would last forever. Now here's the thing. We can talk about a metaphor. Abraham, the father, Isaac, the son. Jacob represents the Jews and the Gentiles because he had 12 sons and the 12 sons represented the 12 tribes of Israel. And the Holy Spirit is in representations of Jacob's life because the Holy Spirit went up to the rooftop with Peter and showed him that there's no longer any Jews or Gentiles, but they are all mine. If you read in Ezekiel, when the Bible says, all souls are mine, saith the Lord. And, but the soul that sinneth shall die. So, in retrospect, God was letting Peter know that there is no circumcision and there is no uncircumcision. But the two are one with God far as salvation. There is no respect of person. So what man says, what you have to do to be saved is no longer part of what God is saying. The only thing you have to do for salvation is confess Christ and receive him as your Lord and Savior. There is no longer any respect of person in the body of Christ. I am Israel because God is real. God became real in Jacob's life 
when he sought for him and he was running from his brother. Now Abraham began the relationship with God and then God also asked Abraham to sacrifice his son that represents Jesus as the sacrifice as a metaphor. Now Isaac continued to ask his father where is the sacrifice? And Abraham, with his faith, said, God will provide the sacrifice. And Abraham, in the back of his mind, knowing that you, Isaac, are the sacrifice. But God made a way for Isaac not to be sacrificed for him. So Abraham continued on to the sacrifice. And Isaac continued on asking him, where is the sacrifice? And Abraham replied again to his son that God will provide. Now here's the thing. Abraham was prophesying without knowing prophesying. In other words, Abraham was prophesying that God would have a Christ to sacrifice on the cross for our sins. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son and he gave his only begotten son to die on the cross. Now Isaac was a representation of of the sacrifice because that was Abraham's son. And Abraham was the father that represents the father God. So you have Abraham the father, you have the father God, you have Isaac representation as the sacrifice as Jesus. And Jesus is the son as Isaac is the son. And Jacob represents the tribes. In other words, the rest of the generation. The covenant started with Pop Pop, Abraham. So Abraham began to serve God, multi lands that he had as far as his eyes can see. Now he didn't obtain that until he gave Lot the first choice gave Lot first choice on the land. And once Lot made his choice, that's when God gave Abraham an unlimited favor of land. God is good. So Abraham, down through the generations, you have Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And Jacob stole his brother's birthright. But here's the thing. They don't talk about Jacob's mother that enticed him to steal the birthright and receive the blessings from Isaac. Isaac was blind. And Isaac knew Esau because Esau was hairy and Jacob was not. 
And Esau was favored by Isaac. And Jacob was favored by his mother. So his mother decided to plot against Esau and Isaac by putting goat's hair on Jacob to receive the blessing. And Jacob received the blessing and Esau found out that he stole his birthright and Jacob fled he and his children and his two wives and began to be a fugitive from justice. But God being a God who he is and seeing that Jacob was remorseful for what he'd done. And if you look at that 10th verse, when Jacob said, I am not worthy of the least of all the mercies and of all the truth. Jacob knew what he had done, but his mother also knew that she enticed Jacob to do what he did because it took him to get the birthright, to steal the birthright. And it took the mother to deceive her husband, Isaac. And Jacob was left alone. He wrestled with a man. Why? Because he needed a breakthrough and he needed a miracle in his life because his brother Esau had his head on the chopping block for stealing his birthright. But listen how merciful God is. Jacob kept the blessing because God continued to bless Jacob. Amen. The key verse 24 through 29 or 30. And what I'm going to do is read that in the Amplified. Genesis, the 32nd chapter, starting at the 24th verse, which is the message of Israel. I am Israel. Because why? Because God is real. So God is real. God became real in Jacob's life when he held on and did not let go until God blessed him. And he was left alone. Here's the thing. When you're left alone with God, you are not going to be the same. God is going to bless you. He's going to show favor to you. And you left alone with God's spirit. And he has and will impart his spirit into you and bless you. Now, if you receive God's spirit, which is the Holy Spirit, you're no longer the same person. When the enemy comes in like a flood, God will lift up a standard against it. So God is there and he's been there since birth. But you have to have a choice to make that you will confess Christ and that he is your Lord and Savior in order to receive salvation. 
And it's not about circumcision. It's not about uncircumcision. It's not about Jews. It's not about Gentiles. It's about God and his people. It's about the Pentecostal movement. So Jacob in the Amplified was left alone and a man came and wrestled with him until daybreak. When the man saw that he had not prevailed against Jacob, he touched his hip joint and Jacob's hip was dislocated as he wrestled with him. Then said, let me go. Then he said, let me go. For day is breaking. But Jacob said, I will not let you go unless you declare a blessing on me. So he asked him, what is your name? I'm going to stop right there. He just asked him a question. What is your name? Names matter with God. Names matter. Because there is a person that was born by the name of Lennox. And God told me that Lennox will be his ambassador. So a name matters. Names matter. And he said, Jacob, and he said, what is your name? And he said, Jacob. And he said, your name shall no longer be Jacob, but Israel. For you have struggled with God and with men and have prevailed. In other words, you struggle with your brother and his soldiers or his servants. You struggle and you prevail. In other words, you never gave up. You knew that there was a God and you knew that you needed a miracle. So you held on. You held on until the breaking of day. And the man asked you, what is your name? And your name, you, said, you replied and said that my name is Jacob. And the man said, no, your name is no longer Jacob. Why? Because you held on. Now your name has changed. Hold on until your change come. Because it is coming. Do not give up. Hold on. Wrestle. And continue to wrestle. And hold on. Who are you holding on to? I am holding on to the servant, the angel, or whatever you want to call him, of God. And I'm holding on. I'm not going to let go until you bless me. So, one simple question. What is your name? And he said, Jacob. And he said, your name shall no longer be Jacob, but Israel. And that's where the 12 tribes of Israel come from. It came from the change of Jacob. Jacob changed when God blessed him. Jacob changed. Here's the thing. A lot of people know who you are. But God 
knows who you is because he is I am. So if he is I am, then God knows who you is and people know who you are. Psalms, the 55th chapter, starting at the fourth verse, my heart is sore pain within me and the terrors of death are falling upon me. Fearfulness and trembling are come upon me. Now this is how Jacob felt when Esau had a bounty on him and horror had overwhelmed me. And I said, oh, that I had wings like a dove for then will I fly away and be at rest. Read that verse again, the sixth verse. And I said, oh, that I had wings like a dove, for then would I fly away and be at rest. In other words, I would fly out of my situation and be at rest. Lo, then would I wonder far off and remain in the wilderness. Selah which is an expression occurring frequently in the Psalms thought to be a liturgical or musical direction, in other words, like a car director, Selah, meaning that you're directing the, the uh, situation, and that's just what David was saying. And I said, oh, that I had wings like a dove for then would I fly away and be at rest. Lo, then would I wander far off and remain in the wilderness. In other words, away from this mess, I would hasten my escape from the windy storm of tempest. Destroy, O Lord, and divide their tongues, for I have seen violence and strife in the city. Day and night they go about it upon the walls thereof. Mischief also in sorrow are in the midst of it. Wickedness is in the midst thereof. Deceit and guile depart not from her streets. We're talking about the neighborhoods. In real time, we're talking about different types of neighborhoods. There's high crime. All neighborhoods has crime, but you have certain parts of neighborhoods that are full of crime. For it was not an enemy that reproached me. Now listen real closely at the 12th verse. For it was not an enemy that reproached me that I could have borne it. Neither was it had Neither was it he that hated me that did magnify himself against me. Then I wound, then I would have hid myself from him. But it was thou, a man, my equal, my guide, and my acquaintances, my acquaintance. We took sweet counsel, counsel. We took sweet counsel together and walked unto the house of God in company. 
It wasn't a stranger. These were not strangers, but these are people who you know that are trying to do damage to you. So in other words, you have to be like Jacob. Send off your family. Make sure they're safe. Walk away and have a moment with God because you need a breakthrough. You need a miracle in your mind because you are going through with your family. You are going through with kinfolk. Kinfolk are putting you through a lot. So what you need to do is have your immediate family safe and go in and worship God, speak with him, and let the Holy Spirit minister unto you or one of his angels. Can I teach this? This needs to be taught. God is going to bless you regardless as far as riches and wealth. But you need deliverance. You need deliverance in your mind. You need deliverance, deliverance in your body. You need a miracle. And God is there to perform the miracle for you. You just need to get alone and get with God and make sure that the change is there after your visit with God. 12th verse, for it was not an enemy that reproached me. It was not an enemy. It was people that knew me and people that went to church with me. Luke, the fifth chapter, starting at the 12th verse, I won't be before you long. And it came to pass when he was in a certain city. Behold, a man full of leprosy, who seeing Jesus fell on his face and besought him, saying, Lord, if thou wilt, thou canst make me clean. And he put forth his hand and touched him, saying, I will be thou, I will be, I will be thou clean. And immediately the leprosy departed from him. And he charged him to tell no man, but go and show himself to the priest and offer for thy cleansing according to as Moses, according as Moses commanded for a testimony unto them. But so much the more went there a fame abroad of him and great multitudes came together to him to hear and to be healed by him of their infirmities. And he withdrew himself into the wilderness and prayed. Now, Jesus was in a human body. So in other words, he might have been worn out, tired, and he wanted to rest, and he didn't want fame to come out that the man was healed of his leprosy. So Jesus withdrew himself into the wilderness and prayed. So this is what I'm saying. We need to go into the wilderness. We need to go into the wilderness and pray. And the reason why we need to go into the wilderness and pray 
because we need spiritual power. We need spiritual power in order to do ministry, in order to be a minister to God's people. You need spiritual power and you need rest. So spiritual power is when you are alone with God there, there's an impartation of his power taking place. You will never be the same, and therefore Jacob's name was changed to Israel because he has seen God face to face. And that he's seen God face to face, and that made God real in his life. So what am I saying? God is real. And what you need to do is recognize that he is real. And he is the God of God. Not only if he's the God of God, but he's the Lord of Lords. He's the King of Kings. He is the Alpha and Omega. In other words, God is real. Let him into your life. Let God into your life by confessing Christ, by letting Everyone know that Jesus Christ died and you have salvation because of it. And it's not by your righteousness, but we are living through the righteousness of God. In other words, you are not greater than no one on this earth. God is the greatest. God is the one that can send you to hell and he's also the one that can allow you in heaven. So fear God. Do not fear man what they can do to you or talk about you. Why? Because God is real. And if you know that God is real, then he is a rewarder of them that diligently seeks him. And not only that he's a rewarder, if God is for us, he's more than the world against us. So we don't have to worry about what man is trying to do to us, what man is trying to say about us, what man is trying to cause a delay in your ministry or cause a delay in your lifestyle that you're trying to prosper and be in health even as your soul prosper. You don't have to worry about that. Why? Because God is there. Keep wrestling. Hold on until God bless you, until your change come in Jesus' name. Hold on. Don't give up. Let God move. Talk to him. If you're left alone in your quiet place, talk to God. Because he can make a change that will make a difference in your life. Not only that it will make a difference in your life, it makes a difference in your children's lives, it makes a difference in your grandchildren's lives, it makes a difference in your great-grandchildren's lives. Why? Because Abraham is the father of many, many nations and he represents us because he is the father of many nations. And Abraham made a covenant, well God made a covenant with Abraham which in real time today, that covenant is still 
here. Hold on. Wrestle until your change comes because God is getting ready to make a change in your life. You're no longer who you are, but you have a new name. And you need to represent that name because God has given it to you and man did not give you that name. You know who you are. You know who I'm talking to. I'm talking to you. I'm talking to you. And yes, I am definitely talking to you. In Jesus' name, Father, we pray that you give us spiritual power to make things happen. And not only to make things happen, but to speak things into existence through the spiritual power that is the Spirit of God. You are the everlasting Spirit. You are the one that can take us to levels that no man can take us. They can say they can bring you up, but God can bring you farther than any man can bring you. So we rest assured that you are the author and the finisher of our faith, and we thank you and we magnify you, God, and we praise you for being who you are. Amen. We thank you. Glory be to God. If you not apartments.com maintain the super not, levels of if you're not saved right now, just confess Christ and believe that He died on the cross and He rose on the third day and that He is your Savior. And not only that He's your Savior, but He can change your name. He can change your name. Bless God. Amen. Thank <laughs> you.
bless God, bless God, and bless God again. Amen. Deep.
some things that we need to know and understand. I'm going to read Proverbs in the Amplified Bible. And it reads, the Proverbs, truths obscurely expressed. This is the first verse. Maxims of Solomon, son of David, king of Israel, to know skillful and godly wisdom and instruction to discern and comprehend the words of understanding and sight to receive instruction in wise behavior and the discipline of wise thoughtfulness, righteousness, justice, and integrity, that prudence, good judgment, astute common sense may be given to the naive or inexperienced who are easily misled. Can I read that fourth verse again? That prudent, prudence, Good judgment, astute common sense may be given to the knave or inexperienced who are easily misled. And knowledge and discretion, intelligence, discernment to the youth. The wise will hear and increase their learning. And the person of understanding will acquire wise counsel and skill to steer his course, course wisely and lead others to truth. To understand a proverb and a figure of speech or an enigma with its, with its interpretation and the words of the wise and their riddles that require reflection. Seventh verse, the reverent fear of the Lord, that is, worshiping him and regarding him as truly awesome, is the beginning of the preeminent part of knowledge, its starting point and its essence. But arrogant fools despise, but arrogant fools despise skillful and godly wisdom and instruction and self-discipline. And my text for today is wisdom over experience. If you read the latter part of that seventh verse, knowledge is starting point of its essence. And listen at this, but arrogant fools despise skillful and godly wisdom and instruction and self-discipline. And he talks about the inexperience. So wisdom over experience is damage control. When you have wisdom, you can control your surroundings. And when I say wisdom, I'm talking about the wisdom of God. I'm talking about the word of God. Wisdom over experience prevents being damaged or hurt or influenced by the fiery dots of the wicked, by temptation, 
if you have wisdom. Wisdom over experience, damage control. Wisdom is the principal thing. The word of God is the wisdom of God. And in the King James Version, the Proverbs of Solomon, the son of David, king of Israel, to know wisdom and instruction, to perceive the words of understanding, to receive the instruction of wisdom, justice, and judgment, and equity, to give subtle to the simple, to the young man, knowledge and discretion. A wise man will hear and will increase learning. A man of understanding shall attain unto wise counsel. To understand a proverb and the interpretation, the word of the wise and their dark sayings. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom, instruction. Why? Because they don't want to hear it. Now, the fool, but fools despise, wis despise wisdom and instruction which will take you into a silent experience. Can I say that again? But fools despise wisdom and instruction, which will take you into a silent experience. Wisdom speaks, but experience is silent. Wisdom speaks and, and experience is silent. So when you're going through a situation, wisdom speaks, and it can prevent you from going further in that situation or that harm or that damage that's going to cause harm to you, but experience will keep silent and won't tell you anything and allow you to go through this experience. Why? because experience is silence. Experience cannot tell you anything until after you come out of that experience and then here comes wisdom. But wisdom speaks to prevent you from going in to certain experiences in your life if you take hold and heed to the word of God. If you listen and let wisdom speak then it can prevent you from going through certain experiences. Why? Because experience does not speak. Experience is silent. John, John, James, first chapter, one through five, James, a servant of God and the Lord Jesus Christ, to the 12 tribes which are scattered abroad, abroad, greeting. My brother, count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations, knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience. But let patience have her perfect work, that ye may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. If any of you lack wisdom, if any of you, if any of you lack wisdom, the fifth verse, if any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God that giveth to all men liberally and upbraideth not, and it shall be given him.
Can I read that key verse again? The fifth verse of James, the first chapter. But let patience, the, the, fifth, the fifth verse. If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God that giveth to all, not some, all men liberally. In other words, freely and upbraid of not. Hold, in other words, wisdom does not hold back any information that you need when you fall into diverse temptations. If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God that giveth to, to all men freely and upbraideth not, and it shall be given him. Just paint that in your spirit, in your minds, picture that, and let that capture into your subconscious mind that if any of you lack wisdom, all you have to do is ask. And it will be given to you freely. In other words, God is not going to hold back any information to you that is for you. Wisdom speaks. Experience is silent. Wisdom speaks. Experience is silent. So it is wisdom that is over. Experience, in other words, wisdom is the king over experience. Why? Because wisdom is a preventive measure of certain experiences or circumstances that tries to come into your life. In the Amplified, James, write these scriptures down. James, the first chapter, starting at the first verse. And this information is great to have because some people say that experience is the best teacher. No, the wisdom of God is the best teacher because the wisdom of God speaks to you in order for you not to fall into diverse temptations. If you lack wisdom, just ask God. Lord, teach me or speak to me, God, to me about this situation that I am in that I may get out safely. Amen. That's James, first chapter, first verse. In the Amplified, James, a bondservant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ, to the twelve Hebrew tribes scattered abroad among the Gentiles. Now they've been scattered abroad among the Gentiles. In the dispersion, greetings, rejoice. Consider it not but joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you fall into various trials. Listen, consider it nothing but joy, my brothers, my brothers and sisters, whenever you fall into various trials. Be assured that the testing of your faith through experience produces endurance, leading to spiritual maturity and inner peace. And let endurance have its perfect result and do a th thorough work so that you may be perfect and completely developed in your faith, 
lacking nothing. The fifth verse, if any of you lacks wisdom to guide him through a decision or circumstance, he is to ask of our benevolent God who gives to everyone generously and without rebuke or blame. And it will be given to him, but he must ask for wisdom. That's the sixth verse. But he must ask for wisdom and faith without doubting, without being dubious. God's willingness to help. For the one who doubts is like a belowing surge of the sea that is blown about and tossed by the wind to and fro. So, ask. In other words, God is not going to judge you. He's going to help you in your situation. Now, you notice in the Amplified, it talks about experience. Be assured that the testing of your faith through experience produces endurance leading to spiritual maturity and inner peace. Now you've been through before and you know God can bring you out. And that's when wisdom comes in to help you and guide you. And the experiences that you do go through with, it strengthens you. It's leading you to spiritual maturity. Why? Because you went through it. But wisdom also can speak and prevent you from going through certain experiences. So wisdom over experiences are the key to this life. What is wisdom? God's word. What is God's word? Guidance. We need guidance. Psalms 111, the 10th verse the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. A good understanding have all they that do his commandments. His praise endureth forever. And when they say do his commandments, in other words, listen to what wisdom is saying to you to prevent you from going through unnecessary things or unnecessary situations or unnecessary mishaps in your life. Why do you think people go to school to get wisdom of that particular major that they're trying to learn of? And the more they learn of that major, the more they can prevent themselves from mishaps or unwanted experiences because why? They studied law. Because why? They studied to become a doctor. So they have to learn the wisdom of a doctor to become a doctor. We have to learn the wisdom of God to become men and women of God. Proverbs, first chapter again, 17th verse, surely in vain the net is spread in the sight of any bird. And they lay wait for their own blood. They lurk privately from their own lives. So our 
the ways of everyone that is greedy of gain, which taketh away the life of the owners thereof. Wisdom crieth out. Wisdom crieth without. She uttered her voice in the streets. She crieth in the chief places on of on a course. In the openings of the gates, in the city she uttered her words, saying, How long, ye simple ones, will you love simplicity? And the scorners delight in their scorning, and fools hate knowledge. Now, the Bible is calling you a fool if you hate knowledge. And the scorner delight in their scorning, and fools hate knowledge. How long, how long, ye simple ones, will ye love simplicity? And the scorners delight in their scorning, and fools hate knowledge. Why would you want to not have wisdom? Why would you hate knowledge when knowledge is good for you? Experience can sometimes be pitfalls of immoralities of experiences. Some people cannot make it out of some experiences that they go through. Some may lose their mind. Some may be emotionally distraught because of the experience and it's hard for them to bounce back because their emotions has been torn through that particular experience. Genesis, the 30th chapter, but I do want to read the 17th verse in Proverbs. Just to give you an enlightenment on wisdom, which we all must have. 17th verse. And it reads, Indeed, it is useless to spread the bait net and the sight any bird, of any bird. But when these people set a trap for others, they lie in wait for their own blood. So you're reaping what you have sown. They lie in wait for their own blood. They set an ambush for their own lives and rush to their destruction. So are the ways of everyone who is greedy for gain. Greed takes away the lives of its possessors. Wisdom warns, starting at the 20th verse. Wisdom warns. Wisdom shouts in the street. What did I say earlier? Wisdom speaks and experience is silent. The 20th verse, wisdom shouts in the street. Wisdom is speaking. She raises her voice in the markets. She calls out at the head of the noisy street streets where large crowds gather at the entrance of the city 
gate, at the entrance of the city gates, she speaks her words. This is wisdom that speaks her words. And here are the words. How long, O naive ones, you who are easily misled, will you love being simple-minded and undiscerning? Can I read that 22nd verse again in the Amplified? How long, O knaves, ones, you who are easily misled, when you love being simple-minded and undiscerning? How long will scoffers who ridicule and deride delight in scoffing? How long will fools who abstainly mock truth and hate knowledge? In other words, like Solomon was saying in Proverbs, in that first verse, through the seventh verse, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction, which will take you into a silent experience. Genesis, the 30th chapter, 21st verse, and it came to pass when Rachel had born Joseph that Jacob said unto Levin, send me away that I may go unto my own place into my country. Give me my wives and my children for whom I have served thee and let me go. Now this is Jacob was ready to leave his father-in-law and till for his own. In other words, he wanted to start his own business or create an atmosphere for he, his wives, and his children. And it came to pass when Rachel had born Joseph that Jacob said unto Laban, Laban the son, the father-in-law, send me away that I may go unto my own place. I want to have my own thing. I want to start my own business. I want to get my own thing going into my country and give me my wives and my children for whom I have served thee. And let me go for thou knoweth my service which I have done thee. And Laban said unto him, this is the key verse. Listen to what Laban said to Jacob. And Laban said unto him, I pray thee, if I have found favor in thine eyes, tarry, wait, for I have learned by experience that the Lord have blessed me for thy sake. Can I read that again? The 27th verse. And Laban said unto him, I pray thee, if I have found favor in thine eyes, tarry, for I have learned by experience that the Lord hath blessed me for your sake. Now, Laban
experience. But experience was silent down through the years when Jacob was working for Laban and Laban was unaware that the reason why he was being blessed because Jacob was a man of God. Jacob is one of the three. Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, which is Israel. And the only reason why Laban was blessed because Jacob was in the midst. And he recognized that after Jacob wanted to leave him and start his own business. So Laban said unto him, I pray thee, if I have found favor in thine eyes, tarry, wait, just, just stay a little while longer. For I have learned, I have learned through experience that the Lord hath blessed me for thy sake. All of these years, experience was silent to Laban until Jacob decided that he wanted to leave. So a light of wisdom opened up Laban's understanding and gave him a discerning that if it wasn't for Jacob, you wouldn't have been blessed because you was with the man of God and God blessed Jacob and the blessings of Jacob trickled or fell over out of the cup and began to bless Laban. Can I get somebody to say amen? So when you're around somebody that's blessed, guess what's going to happen? You're going to be blessed. If you're around someone that's cursed or doesn't have the favor of God, guess what's going to happen? Nothing. But you're around God-fearing people that has God.